From Washington, this is Talking Tax. I'm David Schultz. Around the time Steve Kimball started working at Deloitte, the world's first web browser was being rolled out. That was in the early 90s, and now Kimball is the CEO of Deloitte Tax. His 30th anniversary with the company comes at a time when Congress is giving tax professionals a lot of food for thought. Several new pieces of legislation greatly affect tax policy in the U.S., and we brought Kimball on to Talking Tax to go over what all this means for Deloitte's clients. But first, Bloomberg tax reporter Aaron Slowey asked Kimball what it's like having been at the same company for three decades. Yeah, no, it's incredible. Uh, in August, I celebrated my 30-year anniversary with the firm, and it's it's just incredible to think, you know, where has the time gone? But the changes taking place to the profession are incredible. And if I was to summarize them, I would say first and foremost, the law has become more complicated um, than ever before, uh, as well as the transparency and the reporting obligations. When you think about things like FACA and other similar legislation that has been enacted in jurisdictions throughout the world, you know, these it, it, it's it's more complicated, more difficult than ever before. We are in the middle point of like the passing of the Inflation Reduction Act to then now waiting for IRS guidance. What are you hearing from companies about the Inflation Reduction Act and what is your company telling them in the meantime? Uh, obviously, it goes without saying, in August, the president signed into law the Inflation Reduction Act, and it contains a number of important and complex tax changes that affect corporations and individuals and other businesses. Um, there's the 15% minimum tax on book income, a number of specialists handicapped that we would not see a provision of this nature get enacted into law. Uh, obviously, they were wrong. And uh, a very, very significant development. And in, a, and, and in particular, um, you know, the, the coordination with the separate work that's being done by the OECD, uh, that is pillar two, and to address uh, the increasing digitization of the economy, pillar one. So I think all of this kind of fits together in the next generation of legislation, if you will, will be harmonizing ultimately what gets proposed in final form by the OECD and how that's enacted locally, not only in the U.S., but in taxing jurisdictions throughout the world. So, you know, as they say, things are getting more complicated as opposed to less complicated. Um, from a standpoint of excise taxes, um, you're seeing the imposition of the 1% excise tax imposed on share buybacks, as well as a large package of funding of various forms of clean energy to promote decarbonization in the American economy. And um, like all things, right, as policy, um, these credits uh, you know, fall into a number of different buckets, whether it's advanced manufacturing, transportation, fuels, hydrogen and carbon capture, renewable energy. The last component is the $80 billion of funding to the IRS, which is expected to help them with compliance, and modern, modernization, enforcement, all with a view of generating, if you will, a positive return on investment with respect to that spend. And I think we also have to talk about the CHIPS Act. Uh, it leans heavily on direct funding aimed at building 
expanding uh, domestic semiconductor facilities, along with boosting funding for research and development programs uh, administered by the Department of, of Commerce. And what we're hearing from clients is, number one, they want to be educated about these provisions. How do they impact their organization? You know, what do the rules say? What are the open issues where we would expect guidance on some of the, the complex issues? The second is to model out different scenarios so that uh, organizations understand how does it impact the financial statements? How does it impact the cash flow of the organization? So that these companies and these organizations can engage in the planning that's necessary. The third is what is the different planning that can be engaged in to make use out of attributes, to make use out of credits, um, to take advantage of the opportunities that are built into the tax laws. And of course, last but not least, you know, clients are very, very concerned about you know, the increase in transparency as well as disclosure. You know, there has been more provisions relating to increases in reporting than ever before. And you know, this only complicates matters. And when you look at the profession, um, the technology that's needed, the resources and personnel that are needed, you know, this just creates, um, you know, an even greater burden to help clients and help organizations ensure that they're complying with, with the new laws. And so some of the provisions start in 2023. Are you telling companies to give more of like a wait and see approach or to be really proactive? No, I, I think what we learned in connection with the Tax Cut and Jobs Act, and quite honestly, even before that. The more homework that's done ahead of time, uh, the more you're able to gather facts, the learning lesson, if you will, is based on our experience, is to act now. Don't wait. It may not come into play until 2023, but it's enacted law. You're going to have to deal with it. You're going to have to think through it, how it impacts the organization, how it impacts the financial statements. And the more work that you do now, the better off you will be in the future. Got it. And you touched on the CHIPS Act, which that was my next question. So perfect segue. It, it was signed into law on August 9th. What are some of the biggest concerns that companies and the tax professionals at Deloitte are having in between the law getting signed and guidance. Yeah, I, I think with all intents and purposes, you know, we're out, um, you know, obviously speaking to our clients, talking through how this legislation, based on what we know, will impact them, and putting ourselves in a position to truly understand their facts, their plans for expansion. Uh, their plans to produce onshore versus offshore with respect to the uh, semiconductor activity uh, and and to truly understand those plans and how they can avail themselves and take advantage of the credits that are offered. So to us, it's really ascertaining the facts, understanding the business plans and ensuring that through modeling and otherwise, they're taking you know, what is otherwise a 25% investment tax credit into consideration in evaluating the various business decisions they're thinking through. 
Okay, got it. And then kind of switching gears a little bit, the midterms, there's the potential for the Democrats to lose control of Congress. How are you and Deloitte preparing companies for the potentially different outcomes that could come after November? Sure. First and foremost, no one can predict with absolute certainty what will happen in terms of the political environment, what happens in the November elections. Uh, But to your point, there is a prediction that the government, uh, that the Democrats will lose control of the House. It will go Republican. And then to start to think through where you have um, uh, the Republican House versus a Democratic administration, how the two reconcile and what are the possible permutations with respect to how this impacts tax law. But again, it's gathering that insight. It's understanding what those possible scenarios could look like, getting ahead of it with respect to the modeling, uh, looking at the various outcomes and ensuring that you know, we, we, we try to eliminate as much surprise as necessary. But we all know that, you know, predicting what will happen in elections as well as what will happen once the elections are decided is, uh, you know, it's a it's a risky business. But 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 nevertheless, um, we, we are out consulting with clients so they understand that 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 political landscape. That was Steve Kimball, CEO of Deloitte Tax, talking with Bloomberg Tax reporter Aaron Slowey. And that's it for today's podcast. You can find up-to-the-minute news and latest tax and accounting developments at our website, news.bloombergtax.com. That website, once again, is news.bloombergtax.com. Today's Talking Tax was produced by myself, David Schultz. Rachel Daigle is our editor. Our executive producer is Josh Block. From Washington, I'm David Schultz. Thanks for listening. An individual's race should not be used to help him or harm him in his life's endeavors. A pair of lawsuits has made its way to the Supreme Court, and the decision could dramatically change just who gets into which college. Bloom is effectively using the Asian community as pawns. Every lawsuit needs a villain. To mask an anti-Black and anti-Latino agenda. Does this demoralize me? No, it doesn't demoralize me. This season on Uncommon Law, We'll explore the arguments and the people driving this latest battle over affirmative action. Can the Constitution be used to remedy society's ills? I'm the only person in class who has to raise my hand and say, okay, well, actually, here's how this affects people that look like me. Does the 14th Amendment's Equal Protection Clause prohibit all discrimination based on race? You let somebody in because of their race, you're keeping somebody else out because of their race. There might have been two or three Latinos including me. And so somehow that's too much. Somehow that goes too far. It's hard not to take that very personally. Coming October 25th, part one of a three-part series on affirmative action. What's being decided is whether black and brown people are going to be excluded in significant numbers. Only on Uncommon Law from Bloomberg Industry Group.